There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you were looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen in for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hello, this is Chris Cooper and a big welcome to the Business Elevation Show on Voice America. It's great to be back with you again for yet another week and another fantastic guest. We've got Simon Darcy on the show. We're going to talk about scale without losing your soul very shortly. Uh, and uh, before we uh, we do that, I want to say a big thank you to my guest last week, to Seal Stanford. Uh, we talked about mindset last week and uh, Seal, I think Seal is somebody who's uh, well worth listening to and, and considering. You know, it's your mindset where it needs to be to get the results that you want in life. Well, uh, the reason I, I mentioned that about uh, Seal, uh, that she's a great person to listen to, is uh, last year she was nominated by an organization's Global Woman of the Year. So clearly she's doing something right with her mindset. So I always think it's good to check those people out who, who know what they're doing and having the kind of success and the contribution uh, in creating a better world, uh, those sorts of people you want to listen to and, and learn from uh, to help you to step up, which this show is about, really. It's about elevating your thinking. It's about uh, developing your business. Uh, um, my purpose is about uh, enabling you to realize more of your potential um, and uh, in your business and in yourself. So that's what we do. We're here to help you to elevate to new levels and hopefully do business in such a way that it adds to the world not not taking away from it so uh, but you know my guest today we're going to talk about a great subject it's really close to my heart it's about culture um i love culture it, it is something that um you know, for me goes right back to my origin story as to why it's important um and we're going to talk about you know doing it without losing your soul and what that really means because we have organizations full of people and some people have the ability to bring those people together and harness them and you know, pull out their essence and uh, make uh, the organization really work well, while others um, are able sometimes to pull the, their soul out of somebody and leave people feeling demoralized. And it shows so much in results. And my guest today, I know, is somebody who's making a big contribution out there. His company culture is really important to him. Uh, he's written a great book, um, is Scale Without Losing Your Soul. Uh, he's Simon Darcy. He's a speaker. He's an author an executive coach, a found, founder, Stoke C advisor. He helps um, uh, those people to develop their businesses. He's a senior partner at a company called Evolution, which uh, we'll find out more about. Um, and he's a coach, a consultant. He's an investment firm. Uh, they focus on helping companies to scale without losing their soul. And for more than 25 years, he's been part of a company-wide culture transformation um, efforts so amongst many uh, Fortune 500 companies, companies that you all know, like Glassdoor and Slack and Dropbox and Bandcamp and Yahoo. Uh, so he really knows what he's talking about. And, um, and and the guide that's been developed, Scale Without Losing Your Soul, is a step-by-step -step process to really design and embed culture into a company at, at scale and enable scale and do it without losing soul. So a big welcome to my guest today, to Simon Darcy. Thank you, Chris. It's really good to be here. Yeah, great, great talking to you, Simon. And I'm really, um, yeah, really excited about this interview. And I wonder if maybe you could just 
tell us a little bit about you know where where are you at the moment what part of the world uh, do you come from uh you know what's what's important to you yeah i i am right now in santa barbara california that's where yeah. i live um lucky enough to live this yeah, beautiful, beautiful part of the world and uh what's important to me you know just relevant to today's conversation um and for the longest time uh community is important to me um i people you know we we all move around in different groups family groups social groups work groups work teams project teams uh networking groups uh, affiliation groups i play basketball once a week i'm in that group every two hours of my life every week and the thing that has come to matter more than anything is that we call it culture you could call it the way we all relate but what i've noticed is that kind of there's a blind spot out there around culture the relational dimension whatever you want to call it there seems to be this kind of default neglect for it especially in business but in a lot of other places and it's uh and i believe that we're already always connected like just as humans we're already always connected in some way and yet we don't act like it and the 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 gap between that we're we're actually connected and we don't act like it is actually doing damage is doing damage to the world is doing damage to our ability to solve the problems that we face it's doing damage to be able to even have the conversations to be able to discuss what the real problems are and then it's just much less fun to be in a group where we're not like actively enjoying and reveling in and leveraging the connections that we all share absolutely and i, I think <clears throat> something that is just so so topical and so important right now i was uh, chatting a few weeks ago with uh, with someone we we're just talking about how now people are starting to take indigenous populations really seriously because they knew about these things didn't they connection right. to each other connection to the environment um you know but bigger a bigger connection in terms of maybe life force and energy and that sort of thing and and people start to take that much more seriously and you know there's so much that we we, we can learn from people about this because deep deep down um, most people you know togetherness is important belonging is important community and we share yeah. that we share that across the globe yeah over here i mean i mean i'm in the us obviously and you know, the rugged individualism, there's just been this emphasis on individualism, individualism, individual personal responsibility, individualism, and then you add like Western psychology, which is great. Therapy's great. Everybody should go to therapy, get support. And it's really oriented in a paradigm of it's all about me and me and everything is through the lens of me and my healing and my wounds, and my journey and me, 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 me. And I think mm -hmm. one of the things that I think you're referencing is that these earlier cultures, these early indigenous cultures had a lot of wisdom around that actually, no, we're part of this larger system. I'm part of this larger community. I'm part of this larger, my ancestors, I'm part of these larger traditions. I'm part of this larger ecosystem and world and whatever you, we want to call it. And it's not always all about me. Yes. Yes, <sighs> absolutely. It's very interesting. I noticed on your, on your website that you have a, a, an expedition um to to the maasai mara in kenya and oh, i want to i mentioned i think i mentioned to you that i have i have been over there and i got to spend some time with with the maasai tribe and 
and some of them became friends. And uh, I think that one of the things they they said was they uh, they um, you know we were we were um, now part of their family and they treat us like family. Uh, and a few weeks ago, I had a, a guy David Allison uh, on the show who's uh, written a book about the death of demographics, and he's done looked at values, done seven hundred and fifty thousand surveys around the world, look, value, looking at the values of populations. And oh. right at the very top, the one value across the globe that is more important than everything else is family. Uh, about you know, about eighty four percent of people put it somewhere in their top ten, and and just you know just got me. You just sparked off for me there that you know they said you are now while you're here you're part of our family, and they got it. What's truly important is family. Right. I mean, and from that lens, like if I'm if my primary identity, and of course this is a polarity, right? We're managing. I do have an individual identity. I, the personal responsibility is a thing. My all of that matters, and it's not the only thing. It's balanced with I'm part of a community, I'm part of a family, and therefore the question begs is what is the responsibility of someone that is part of this family or this yeah. group or this community or this tradition, right? There's It's not just like a, I'm here to consume, but I, I have something to offer and be thankful for and give back to um, because I've been given so much. Yes. Yeah. So, and you've got you've got an interesting origin story, haven't you? You shared it. Yeah, yeah. I think we shared like about it. this. You feel like yeah. you share it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's um, fascinating. Uh, I guess there's two parts. I don't know if I shared the first part with you or not, but uh, the first part is when I was born. You know, '60s, or early Gen X, to a, a a father who was in the studying to be a priest. He was three months before ordination when he really got clear that it wasn't for him. And he left the seminary and, and he ended up uh, getting in a relationship with my mom. And uh, they were, were just about, they just completed their relationship and then she got pregnant. And so uh, I got put up for adoption in that whole thing. It was like, oh, we're keeping the baby. We're not getting married because you get married in Catholicism. It, it's a serious thing. And they were very serious about that. Like, nope, we want him to have the best family. We're not getting married. He needs to be put up for adoption. Okay. Anyway, so that happened. And I spent the first two months somewhere and my parents came back and got me. They decided to get married anyway, two months later. And they came back and got me. And so one imprint in, in origin story is, oh, the, the nervous system that came into the world kind of getting disconnected from, you know, my first source um, really early on uh, has helped create a character and a, set of skills and capacities over the course of my 55 years that's become really good at connecting with people and creating connection amongst people mm. almost like out of survival like i think i i had this insight earlier sometime 10 years ago or 15 years ago in my own work when therapists like oh it makes sense that a person who was disconnected so early would become really get a superpower around being indispensable in groups because that way you're the last person to be abandoned. So it was fun to like see that. But then the second one I think that you're referring to is uh, my father, you know, was pretty strict. He, I was the first and he was the English strict father in one sense. And, uh, but when about 12 years old, I watched my father go from one um, way of fathering and one way of being a human to a completely different 
And in a course of a couple of years, he uh, had a near-death experience, car accident, broke his neck, um, uh, lost his job. Um, he survived all of that. But in the process, it kind of uh, shifted the course of his life. And he started reaching for, you know, we're in Southern California in the 70s, and he's reaching for anything that would expand human potential. So workshops and psychedelics and spiritual teachers that were plenty there were plenty of them in southern mm. california in the 70s okay. and he, <laughs> he you know participated in a lot of these like workshops and i literally watched my father go from someone that was cold and strict and disciplined and spankings and to a person who shared his heart with me and who was proud of me and who said he loved me and became like wise like almost overnight and and i'll never forget that because it really basically showed me that transformation is possible humans can transform the way they be in the world can grow can evolve and that extends now to groups and that extends now to companies so i i that's been the through line in my life really is oh we can shift learn, grow, evolve into more uh, fruitful ways of working together and being. That's, that's absolutely fascinating. And uh, yeah, it, it's interesting isn't it? when you when you're exposed to something like that and you, you saw a real change in your dad. Um, and uh, for me, I hit a crossroads at 28 and went on a, a course called Landmark. And that for me opened my eyes. I saw such change in, in three days. I'd never seen before and uh, I was all intrigued how on earth did they do it how did they do it with me uh, and I, I came out of that very different and everything around me in my life improved uh, and took me to where I am today um, but when you go go for that is that deep sort of experience and you, you you witness it and you see that change you realize what's possible yeah 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 uh, exactly and you've gone to do that with with companies now tell us a little bit about you you um you know, your your work. You 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 ended up with a consultancy, you, you, your own consultancy, didn't you? And then you you uh, I guess experienced yeah. that, I imagine. And then you um, joined Evolution. Tell us about that and what what Evolution do. Okay, well, I started I started back in the nineties, and I I got to work with a woman named Loretta Melandro, who started a company named Melandro Communications. She also came out of like Landmark as in the network and she was oh, yeah. a phd in nonverbal communication at arizona, uh, out of florida state arizona state anyway she had a genius of 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 working with ceos of fortune 1000 companies and inspiring them to really embrace that the possibility that they could leave as their legacy of being a ceo of this company a transformed culture at the company and so like that was the first I, I worked with them and that group for about 10 years and 20s and 30s. And then I started my own firm and really got focused on culture. And and then I, you know, three years after that, I met up with Matt and Jeff, who had founded uh, Evolution. And they were kind of very similar. And the, the resonance and our approach was so similar that I decided to join, even though I just like rebranded and I. But it was just so good. I haven't looked back since. Evolution yeah. is an incredible community of coaches and colleagues who are doing this work out in the world. You know, Janine Davis, that about that program that you just referenced in Africa, 
you know, bringing lots of different ways to bring transformation and shift and evolution into companies and people. So I'm thrilled to be there. It's a good fit for me. And I get to be me and I get to be part of a community of colleagues who are doing uh, good work. That's great. I, I, get, I get a sense with you that, uh, <clears throat> uh, that I, I, I really relate to because I, I, lo I love my work, but I also I'm happiest. I'm really happy when I'm with a team of people, too. Uh, and like, and, I, and uh, I think that works. You mentioned community being important to you, um, but in your own business, sometimes you can feel a little bit on the outside unless you you sort of bring the outside inside and create a community around you um, yeah. for that sort That's of support. Right. But, but yeah, I know I'm at my happiest when there's others around me. Um, yeah, like why we weren't put on a planet with eight billion people to be isolated. Like that's not we're social animals at our core. And the pandemic and all this virtual and going into our screens has been a little bit of a disruption of that. But I actually fundamentally think we're healthier when we're with each other. Absolutely. Well, on that note, we're going to go to commercial break now. And after the break, we'll look at scale without losing yeah. your soul. And, and within the book, there's a, it's a step-by-step -step process to design an embed culture. So we'll get a bit of a sense of you know, what those steps are because they're really, really important. And whoever you are with your you know, whether you're, um, you help organizations, whether you're in an organization, you know, what, whatever level in an organization you're at, um, what, what will be shared with you um, is a really helpful blueprint that will um, you know, add to your wisdom and knowledge about an important area, which is people uh, and, uh, and culture, the way we do things around here. Um, so great, great uh, information after the break to, uh, to really think about that, think about how uh, how to transform organizations and people uh, and do it without losing your soul. Back again in just a couple of minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one -one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Say It Skillfully is my radio show about being who you are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. I'll help you find the right words to tackle any challenging conversation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. You'll learn how to achieve success on your terms and be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in your life. Check out sayitskillfully.com for practical resources, including my 90-second videos, 
real life examples showing you how to speak up skillfully. I invite you to call in with your questions. Join me live every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. And no, I'm cheering for you. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. tuned into the business elevation show with your host chris cooper if you have a question or comment about our show please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk that's chris at chriscooper.co.uk now back to chris cooper hi this is chris cooper i'm with simon darcy and we're talking about scale without losing your soul so simon that's the name of the book i can see it behind you uh, on your oh. shelf <laughs> <laughs> uh, and um, uh, why did you choose that as the title and, and what's, it, what's its purpose? Yeah, very good. Uh, you know, when I actually continues back to what you asked me before the break, uh, what, you know, why did I join Evolution? One of the taglines of Evolution that Matt and Jeff kind of sourced early, uh, you know, they, they got Slack as a client when they were like 150 people. Um, in 2015, and they said, "How oh, we have Slack as a client? You want to come help us work with this client and other things?" And I'm like, "Okay, well, that's that sounds like I don't have a client like that." Yeah. And uh, and they had this kind of tagline that was like this mantra for the business: like this is what evolution is about. It's about scaling, helping companies and startups, particularly early stage startups and fast growing companies, scale because that's the challenge, isn't it? Right? It's like to be five people in one room. Like the prototypical startup story, you know, in the old days when we used to be in one room, uh, it, it's a lot easier to create connection and relationship and work things out, right? And then you get to 10 and 15 and 20 and 30 and even 40, 50 if you're all in one space, creating that connection with some intentionality is, is pretty doable um, with a little bit of um, maybe consciousness and a little bit of intentional. But once you get to, it doesn't matter, even with the good intentions, once you get to 150, 200, three, multiple offices, we're now virtual, 1,000, 5,000, we're a public company and shareholders really have more influence over our fate than and a lot of what we say we want or want to do. It becomes much more difficult. And there's just almost this inevitable, right, kind of moving into a less human a less caring about all the stakeholders kind of organization that we've seen over and over and over again. And so our point of view was like, if we could catch companies early enough, particularly in that, you know, we have a company, we've, we have product market fit and we've just raised our B round and have like, you know, the wind at our back a bit and we have some runway and we're going to hire a hundred people in the next year and a half because we're ready to scale, how do we not, you know, this is kind of the big founder's dilemma. We talk about it in the book is like, I don't have anybody that really has the time to pay attention to culture when I'm 20 people. Yeah. But by the time I get to 150 or 200, I, I it's kind of too late. Like you've already like racked up a little culture debt because you waited to hire like some person that's going to be in charge of that. And now we've missed the, the great opportunity to create a good foundation. And so the book really is geared toward that. And I remember asking Matt and Jeff, Matt, uh, Aaron and Jeff Graber, I said, 
this is the title of the book. And it's like, I know it's a title that's near and dear to your heart that I got from you. Can I, you, can we use it? Todd is my co-author, Todd Amos. Oh, and we went, can we use it? We keep coming up with other titles, but it's really this. Yeah. And they, you know, they talked about it. They went, yes, you can use it. It's like, it's evolution's first book. And so it was like this joint partnership. And we put it out and it's just the perfect title that's for what great. it is. Yeah. yeah. It's great. Great. And it's a brilliant, brilliant business card really as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. To show people, um, you know, just demonstrating, I guess, the the depth of your demonstrate the depth of your wisdom because it's really I've had a look through it. It's really um, really helpful. Um, t- so tell us a bit about uh, the the six six steps in this process. All right, six. Yeah, yeah. There's about six, right? And and you no, know, we while in the book we focus on startups and fast growing companies. Yep. But I just want to say that just as you said before, you know every group has a culture and whether or not you're a business uh, and whether or not uh, you have like some other purpose, but every group comes together and you get a group of three or more people and there's a culture and whether you pay attention to it or not, whether you attend to it or not, it's a culture and it's either going to be something that is amplifying and elevating, or it's going to be something that's like a, a, a diminishing of what's possible in that group. And so I just invite anybody who's listening through the lens of, you know, it's, uh, you can listen to, like, think of a group that you're mo- that you care about, that you're with a lot, that where the culture of the group might uh, increase your impact or increase the fun or increase the fulfillment. Or, and, and just think about that group. That group has a culture. And how can you intentionally cultivate a different culture in that group? And this book kind of goes through a six-step process, which starts with this premise that every group already has a culture. It's not like we're going to go to Google and say, oh, wow, Google in the 2002 had a really good culture. Let's just do what Google did in 2002. And, and the reason it worked at Google is because that group of people, they already had like an essence, you know, just like you and I and each human has its their own like essence, like our own, you know, separate from our personality, separate from this. You call it a soul, you call it whatever you want, but there's something here already by virtue of, our purpose together, what brought us together, you know, the origin stories of the founders, founding members of this group. Like we have an essence, we have a way of working together when we're at our best. And part of the process that we work with at Evolution is let's help, let's just discover what that essence is. And so we do surveys and interviews and focus groups and we help uncover like when you're at your best or what's iconic, what's already like you know, let's say your company's name is, uh, what's your company's name? Um, well, I, I refer to it as business elevation. That's the kind of business elevation. So what's a business elevation. elevation-y way of doing things? Like what, when you think about the kind yeah. of essence of business elevation, like what's, you know, what's like, what's an iconic an example of business elevation being business elevation as it's differentiated from you know, the other companies that do what you do. And so we ask questions like that and people respond and, and so that starts it. We discover the essence and I'll just walk through the steps so people have the map. Yeah, great. And then you take that and you like you actually design a series of artifacts or a culture code or your values and you articulate it in language. And then and then before going and making a big deal out of it or putting on your website and putting posters and becoming the next Dilbert cartoon because you haven't done your work around it, as we recommend that the leadership team prototype this, like walk the walk before talking about it broadly and like really get uh, 
detailed uh, and granular about what does it mean to live this and what does it mean not to live this. And then from there, you're ready to kind of like go wider with it and start embedding it. That's the next step, embed, so prototype, embed across the, all the different dimensions of your business and go through that. And then you can amplify it and you can amplify it by having more than just one person be in charge of culture. In a lot of companies, it's like, oh, that's HR or that's yeah. this person or that's just the CEO. And in our view, every person is a culture builder. Right. We're all influencing. We're not just consumers of culture. We're actively shaping it in the moment, moment to moment. And so how can we equip uh, particularly managers of teams, and people that are in leadership roles uh, to be culture builders? And then the last is we call iterate, which is like treat culture like your second product. Like you have a product, but then you want your culture is the product you are creating and iterating on and creating new releases and collecting feedback and seeing how you're doing and ESAT surveys and like, how are we doing with our culture? And like, wait, let's try this experiment for the next quarter. We have a roadmap for our culture and, and like Asana does, they were our inspiration around this. Asana, the company, the project management tool, they, they literally do this. They create the culture is their second product. And so we think that's a, a really fantastic thing to steal. Asana. Asana, Asana, the project management software, like ah. Asana, A-S-A-N-A, they have a basic like, you know, task management, project management for groups. And, you know, it's a way to, yeah. And that the company themselves founded by two kind of uh, ex-Facebook, Google engineers from way back when and uh, very committed to culture and good exemplars. Brilliant. So, so um, coming back to, the first one, the second one, then, which is essence. Yeah. So, uh, how is it that? Um, firstly, from how do you define essence, and also, why is it that the essence of companies can be so different? Yeah. You know, all involved people. But, you know? Yeah, I I I talk about culture in a couple different ways. And one way to talk about culture is the way I do it a lot, which is mostly related to the humans in the room. Like, oh, it's this interpersonal, you know, like you think about how we relate around all these different things. And But I think culture is much more than that. My uncle, who was an anthropologist and wrote like 40 books in anthropology, mm -hmm. he would be turning over in his grave if he heard me reduce culture to just this interpersonal dimension because culture is really all the things, right? Culture, mm. like if you think like an anthropologist, which when we're looking at essence, you need to put your anthropologist hat on and kind of like go, okay, what's happening here? If you go to like Santorini, Greece, like that looks and feels, you can just like see, feel, hear, smell, mm. like there's something different than if you go to like uh, Hong Kong, right? And, and you're in the city and you're seeing the skyline, or if you go to the Maasai tribe, or if you go to uh, Aberdeen, Scotland, or if you go to, <laughs> right, San Francisco, like these places have different feels to them to start with. Mm -hmm. So that's part of essence. Uh, there's invisible layers of it. There's visible layers of it. We're obviously looking at this um, uh, kind of this it's a feeling, it's a resonance. Like in a way where we want to put it into language so we can refer to it and describe it. And in a way it's ineffable and you can't. So, you know, don't even try, but we think it's important to grab that through. And it's, 
And it's not like we're saying our essence is. The goal isn't to say our company's essence is, but the goal is to create enough language and phrases and that have enough energy when spoken by the people that are part of that company. They go, yeah, this is us. This is us. This is, yeah, this feels like us. This feels authentic. And that's one of the, I think, the risks when people like come in and create their values or their culture code and they articulate this, they come in and they just come up with like, well, what are all the values we should have? Personal responsibility and customer service and blah, 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 and excellence and hard work. And, you know, you know, the, the joke about the Enron slide of, you know, when the Enron did that huge, you know, like fraud and you just looked at their values, you were like, ah, well, yeah. you know, they had values and look at their values. Like, they weren't following their values. Mm-hmm. So this is a way to create something that is more authentic yeah. and compelling and something people will buy into because it feels true. And that's why we do the essence work. And in, do, and in doing the essence work, are you looking at it initially at the good, the good and the bad? You know, the Yeah, thank you for asking the, that. Kind of entropy the, as, as well as... Yeah. Uh, we we have there's a term we use called organizational shadow it's not ours but we look at you know if you say you know we are transparent transparency matters to us and as soon as i say that honesty matters to me as soon as i say that i must acknowledge as an imperfect human or as an imperfect group of humans that we also have plenty of evidence and examples for where we're not transparent or honest right and we be in denial to say that we don't have that. And I think this is another key differentiator and where people try to create good cultures, they only focus on the positive. And the problem with that approach is that it's not grounded in reality. So reality is humans are biologically wired to perceive threat and have fight flight mechanisms. And then when you add complexity and uncertainty, and change, and ambiguity, and volatility. Humans get together, and we get stressed, and we tend to act out in lots of different ways. And uh, in the old way of doing culture, as we just focus on the positive, and all that goes under the rug, but what really starts to happen Mm -hmm. is we start to personalize it, like, oh, yeah, Chris, he's this, and he's that. And in the way that we approach this, we like, we want to name these things, and we want to acknowledge that everything exists in these polarities. You know, like 100% transparency is great, but you also want to be kind and considerate and not just bombard people with things because it's too much of a burden to process. So like, what's the mix? Yeah. And so we try to give people a way to name both of those and use what's in what, what these like themes are of what's not working or what's not ideal as ways to reinforce what we value. Because you tell me what you tell me what you complain about or what's not working. I will show you underneath what you value because you wouldn't complain about it if you didn't yeah. value it. And, and I guess then it's with this this cultural kind of work, it's a journey. So the culture might not be exactly where you want it right now. You might have a lead, leader who's leading the company who think, yeah, transparency is really important. But when he mentions it or his, his staff are sniggering behind his back thinking, well, he's the, least, he's the most close person I've ever met. You know, so yeah. you, you have to sort of understand that, don't you? Because I think yeah. what, what has happened in these situations is uh, it can be quite painful for for leaders to have the, have the reality um, put in front of their face, but that's really important, I think. Yeah, and I think there's a there's like these uh, kind of moment of truth things that happen, right? So like a, uh, 
Sonos, Patrick Spence, CEO of Sonos, shared with me a story about, uh, you know, transparency is huge value for them. They share roadmaps with all the employees. They share financials. They share lots of things internally. And when they became a public company, all the advisors and the bankers and the analysts were like pressuring them. You can't do that anymore. You can't share. You can't. This is like the way it goes. And people just become less transparent. And they pushed back. They said, wait, wait, wait a minute. We want to be in compliance with all these reg- regulations, but we're going to be as transparent as we can inside the confines of what we need to be compliant with. We're not going to just take your blanket recommendation. And they pushed back. And so they refused to accept that outright. And they be- chose to be true to their value. And they found a way to like share things in a tight container with agreements up front. And, and they had both, right? So I think that matters. Mm. Excellent. You know, yeah. Yeah. I've got, I've got a couple of minutes to commercial break. Um, and, but uh, I just want to, you mentioned that about um, sort of culture code, you may use language culture code. What, what is, what is culture code? Great. So, you know, look at web websites for a while there, there was like the HubSpot deck, the Netflix deck, your values, our DNA, the DeVita way that lots of people call it different things, our principles and values, our practices, the, so people call it different things, but basically they are an explicit articulation of how our commitment to each other and how we want to work together and how we want to deliver the work and the impact we want to have in the world. Okay. And best ones are authentic, are not like just a bunch of cliche language, are um specific kind of gives some guidance to the observable behaviors at some point and feel compelling, feel energizing. And so the one, there's lots of them out there and I just love them because they're declarations for like a possibility of a way of being together. And they're also, you know, uh, a North star. Yeah. And is that, is that a statement? Is that, um, is that value? Be a series of documents. It could be a series okay. of things. It could yeah. be like one statement. It could ha- show up. I, mean, I can tell more stories after the break yeah. uh, about that. But yeah, uh, I got a lot of company stories about how to create them and different versions of them and like that. Yeah, but it's it's it's, it's kind of I guess kind of the, the essence of what's important. <clears throat> yeah, um, bitten down. We're going to go to commercial break now. We'll be back again with you in a couple of minutes. So we'll talk a little bit more about that, and we'll talk about. Um, uh, sort of prototyping and embedding um, and maybe a little bit about Amplify uh, before we we start to wrap up. Um, but lots more to come. Do join us in just a couple of minutes after the break. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. 
The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. tuned into the business elevation show with your host chris cooper if you have a question or comment about our show please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk that's chris at chriscooper.co.uk now back to chris cooper hi chris cooper i'm with simon darcy we're talking about scare without losing your soul and simon you've you've um identified through you know focus groups and conversations the essence of the the business, kind of good and bad, and then then that's been translated into a cultural code, a language, in a, in a document that people under people can understand. And then you, your next step, you say, you get leaders to prototype it, so they've got to walk the talk. Um, how easy is that bit to do? Yeah, it, it's easy and it's hard, right? I yeah. mean, it's straightforward <laughs> enough. Like you think about it, like it, it basically prototyping is leveraging the power of making explicit agreements with each other at a team level. So work with a leadership team and we'll often do this at an offsite. So we'll go to an offsite and people do this. They go, what are our team norms? What's our team charter or what, how do we want to work together? And this is just saying, okay, here's our culture code. What would be maybe three behaviors that if we were really good at these three behaviors, it would um, really help us demonstrate and model and bring to life this culture. So things like, uh, we're going to be coachable. There's one, there's a behavior, like I'm going to be open to feedback. I'm going to ask for feedback and I'm not going to be a rotten person when you give me feedback. Hmm. This is the practice, you know, and and that's observable. We can do that. Or uh, we're going to, um, uh, we're going to be transparent or we're going to like in our meetings, be like forwarding the action. It's just like a practice we're going to have. Like how can we have our conversations like, really move forward or balance forwarding the action with going deep in the moment, right? A lot of these things can become polarities um, because you can do too much of one thing and then you're like missing the other thing, right? Um, too much consideration is means almost zero courage to take risks yeah. and too much courage and just like doing it first can be like a lack of consideration. And so how do I balance Ah, going forward with being, you know, caring about my impact, right? So we have people identify these agreements. I'll just tell you a quick story. Like my basketball pickup game has a culture. <laughs> and the way we, we, we you know, play, I've played pickup for, for 40 years. And we have, I have a game I've been in for 20 years. Same group of guys. We're all like 50 to 70. You know, we hope to play for another 20 years. Okay. 
yeah, we've just lost another person. You know, it's just like, you know, oh. people die. <laughs> yeah. And, but we have rules and we don't, people don't get invited back if they don't go by our, our kind of culture code, which is number one, have fun. Number two, don't get hurt. Number three, win in that order. Mm. So if somebody re- reverses okay. the order, if someone puts winning ahead of having fun and not getting hurt, we're like, that's not our game. We're like, we don't want to argue about stupid things, not fun. And we don't want to get hurt. It's not fun. So that's another game. And so we just give people, you know, the the onboarding talk. And then we talk to them if we need to. And and then most people just end up working it out. And some people are like, not a fit. But teams can do that. Like, let's just work with these over the next few months and then get real when we're not doing them and be able to call it out and say like, yeah, I've done well on this. I've not done well on this. How can we do it better? Because you could take those three things and like all groups have these like simple heuristics, right? Uh, what is it? Stay together. Like the Marines stay together, take the high ground and keep moving forward. Right. Like that's this heuristic or flock of birds. Like what make, how does birds flock? They stick together, don't collide, follow the leader you do those three things, you're going to successfully achieve the mission of flocking as a group of birds. (laughs) So I think teams have that. And that's prototyping. It's getting really nitty gritty on what are the things that are actually going to make this work in a higher performing, thriving, representative way of this, these great words on a piece of paper called our culture code. I like that. It's very, very memorable. Yeah. Those three. Fun, don't get hurt. Win. Very simple. Yeah. Yeah, have on. fun. Yeah, have fun. Okay, <laughs> that's why we're yeah. there. Have fun, in, and then the order. It's it's it's, it's yeah. quite very simple to explain and uh, very simple. Uh, I had on a, a, cor- a course the other day. Um, my son has um, ADHD, and I was learning more about ADHD. And this, you know, is to 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 support him with his ADHD as a parent, rather than going into a, a, a spiral. Of uh, where it gets more and more frustrating because you were working yourself up is uh, was no talk, no emotion, and that and, that, and for me that's just so ha- helpful. Don't talk to yeah. him about it. Just say, actually, you know, we'll we'll, we'll talk about that tomorrow because you know he just needs to go and calm down. And and there's no emotion. He doesn't get angry, and you don't get angry, and 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 it saves the whole spiral. But it's so simple. No 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 talk. Yeah. No emotion. Exactly. Exactly. What are these like little? Oh wow! If yeah. I just do those three things. Oh, that's easy. I can be good that. here. I can yeah. remember that and carry that with me. Yeah. And not forget it. It's brilliant. It's um, called like a, a guiding heuristic. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so embed. Yeah. Well, All right, let's that? talk about embed. Once you have your code, you have your essence. Now it's this is where the real work begins. Like we can usually lead a group or a team or a set of founders or any group through a process in a couple months, in a few months, to go from essence, you know, maybe three or four months, essence, uh, design and, and prototype. And then uh, the embed step is really ongoing. It's always happening because what we recommend is that you embed the, your culture in all the dimensions of your business. So there's the, there's the, what we call the, it, you know, you take integral theory and you just simplify it into I, we, and it, right? Like the it dimension in, it includes all the things that are objectively true, you know, the numbers, the strategic plan, the roadmap, the things that show up in spreadsheets, the the product, the code base, the, you know, the 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 the, the actual like impact numbers we're having, the stock price, the 
all of that. That's it. And we want to embed it in our systems and our processes. And do we use Slack? And how do we use Slack? And hmm. and how do we, what are our communication strategies? And and that's important, all of that. Our org structure, our, our governance, uh, our way of governing, all important. But don't stop there. Also embed your culture in all the interpersonal, the we dimension, the relational dimension of your world. So how do we, the rituals that we do, how do we start meetings? How do we have meetings? How do we deal with conflict? How do we onboard people? How do we offboard people? How do we celebrate wins? How do we deal with breakdowns? Like all of that's an interpersonal dimension thing that you get to kind of navigate and create rituals around agreements around and practices and experiments and that's that dimension and then there's the individual i like each person is their own kind of culture builder their own getting to practice the culture into existence so like what can i do what behaviors do we want to help train people in what leadership and manager behaviors do we want to really emphasize and so there's a place for like, am I doing my work as a, as a leader or as an individual? Am I doing my part? Am I doing, like, one of the things we, we really do work with all the businesses, we teach people how to deal with stress and be more resilient in the face of hard things so that we don't go into the kind of activated, like, bad behavior mode as much as, not bad behavior, but just, like, less productive behavior that creates more activation in the whole group. So we teach people how to be resilient so that, that, like I can do my own work. You know, the opposite of leadership isn't management. The opposite of leadership is like drama, you know, <laughs> just being a lot of drama. And so let's get out of drama and show up as resilient as we can. And that's in the I dimension. So all of that has to do with embed. We usually help people come up with a roadmap and priorities and what are you going to work on? And, you know, you do one each quarter, you work on a different set of things and, mm. you know, and work from there. Yeah. I keep going from there. And then, and then to amplify that, then even, even further, yeah. even better. So to amplify a couple different things. One is uh, really intentionally training and expanding the group of culture builders in your in your group in your firm, right? So it's not just one person. Yeah. So I went into I uh, did a program for Intuitive Surgical a while back, and I had forty managers, and it is like we want, here's our culture and we wanted everybody to have a shared point of view about what culture is at our company. What are the ways we can amplify it and how can we, um, and then what can we do for our teams to be culture builders? So now we don't have just one person focusing on culture. We have 40 people focusing on culture. Uh, I just wrote a, a culture building toolkit for managers, for all the managers, uh, helped write it, co-write co it um, at Glassdoor. And so they're, they, you know, deploying that in their remote first environment for, because now more than ever, we don't have physical proximity anymore to lean on. So we need to shift over to emotional proximity and being like the team is where culture, people's experience of the company is. So how do you do that? You give them tools, you give them practices, you give them a process to follow. Excellent. And you, and you, you suggest in the book that people should treat culture like a second product. So why, why, yeah. like, why like a second product? Well, because that way it gets attention. Like what usually happens is culture is like, oh, let's get our, everybody does like, let's get our values because we have to put that on our website to attract people, right? Yeah. yeah. And then people just promptly forget about it. Yeah. And so this is a really a challenge to say, look, look, culture 
the, def- the, the, the normal course of things as you scale and get bigger is your culture is going to become more and more and more approach the Dilbert cartoon level over time. And unless you intentionally intervene. And so step six is you're constantly iterating you every quarter, every six months, you're doing some kind of measurement engagement survey. You're doing the same one over time. You're looking at where things got better, where things got worse and you're responding real time. And you have a team of people, hopefully cross-functional that are, are, are like caring for that. Yeah. That, so everybody, everybody kind of, kind of owns it. So, yeah. so, so it sounds to me, you, know, you work with some pretty big companies like Slack. Who, who, who is your ideal? Um, we've just got a sort of couple of minutes, really. Who's your ideal client? We could do with a final message from you, but your, yeah, uh, I think you know, we, it's, it's 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 a combination of things. We have a really good, we're really well equipped to work with um, early stage companies, particularly B round. Got we've got fifty hundred people, and we're product market fit and we're, we're ready to scale or we're ready to really grow. We could be really useful for companies in that stage. We even have like a culture, a startup culture sprint just for that kind of group. But we also work well with the larger, more established companies that are, you know, two, five, 10, you know, thousand and even larger that have uh, a commitment to leadership and culture. So, you know, if, uh, it takes a certain kind of leader and it takes a certain kind of commitment to investing in this. Like our clients now, what's amazing, and even in these macroeconomic headwinds and even all this, they're not stopping investing in thing. Now they're, they're, they're reducing, mm. but they're not stopping their investment no. in culture and leadership. Excellent. Final that's message important. before we leave you? We leave this interview? Final message. I'd say that uh, to embrace uh, for, for you listening that you're a culture builder and to embrace your role, especially if you're influential or in a leadership role in a group and that you can embrace that role and dream a little about what kind of culture you want to cultivate and be intentionally moving toward and be in the question of like, how do you do that? Uh, because the world needs more culture builders right now. Yeah. Um, Simon, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I've really, really enjoyed the conversation. Really, really helpful and um, some great steps and ideas there around transforming culture. And it is uh, it's quite an art, uh, which is why, why you know, organizations invest in companies like Evolution and, uh, and bring consultants in uh, to like myself to help them with these kind of things because uh, they, they need a bit of uh, wisdom and insight. So if you want to find out more about Evolution, go and, go and check them out at evolution.team. Uh, there's uh, the, the book, Scale Without Losing Your Soul.com. You can have a look at that. I'm sure it's available. I've checked it out on Amazon, and uh, it's over here in the UK on Amazon as well, so I'm sure in the, the online online space. Um, but, but thank you. It's been a, a great conversation today, and uh, I think very important to consider culture as you scale essential, I would say. Uh, so on next week's show, we have Sandeep um, Chenakeshu. Now, I need to, um, I maybe need to apologize on how I just pronounced that when I see him next week. I don't know. I will ask him before I, I speak. But he was the um, chief, he's been chief technical officer of companies like, I think, Motorola, Ericsson. Uh, and he's written a great book called Your Company is Your Castle, where he likens uh, a business to a castle. 
and if you want it to be sustainable and talks about um you know eight eight different uh, components that are really important to provide that that business that that castle that is going to stand the test of time so we'll be talking with sandeep next week uh, once again a huge thank you to simon uh, darcy uh, of evolution and if you have any questions or comments feel free to send them to me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk love to hear from you uh do you know suggest any topics ideas thoughts that you might have to um for, for new guests and things on the show or new ideas or um you know i'm always happy to be be um be contacted so take care everybody uh, go away have a think about how you can um, elevate your business and your culture and i'll uh, be back with you again with sandeep next week we thank you for listening to the chris cooper business elevation show please join your host chris cooper again next friday at 8 a.m u.s pacific time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.